Hello, my sisters. It's episode two of When Marriage Hurts podcast. I hope you're doing pretty good. Um, today's episode is one that answers the question, is there hope for me after experiencing excruciating pain in marriage? So is there hope for you after you've been through a very difficult marriage or what I call a painful marriage? I think that's just the simplest way to put it. Some women have experienced hell in marriage and they they just don't see how their lives could ever be glorious again. Their dreams have been shattered. Uh, life has become such a chore. The only reason they wake up in the morning is to leave for their children. Mm-hmm. Some consider themselves damaged goods or at best they think they've disappointed God and they're caving under the guilt and condemnation of a failed marriage. So today's episode dives into the Word of God, also known as the Bible, for answers. So are you ready for the answers? Yes? Okay. Get your favorite drink, sit back and relax while we dig in. Hey sis, welcome to the When Marriage Hurts podcast. I'm your host, Ola Davis. My mission is to help Christian women in painful marriages become aware of the marriage lies our society and religion has programmed our heads with. Are you tired of marriage advice that always blames you for whatever goes wrong in your marriage? Have you attended all the marriage seminars seeking help only to be blamed and shamed for your marriage problems? Has your marriage become the source of your greatest pain? Have you lost hope of being happily married? Are you just hanging in for the sake of your kids? I've been there before. I know what it is like to feel alone in marriage, yet feel trapped by the wedding vows that I made. Together, we will discover scriptural truths that set us free from the pain so that healing can begin. Oh yeah, let's shake some tables. All right, welcome back. Um, so what do we mean by um, someone who's experienced pain in marriage? What, what exactly does that mean? Well, it simply means someone who's had very serious challenges in marriage. We're not referring to someone who's just unhappy. Um, definitely someone who, who's in a painful marriage is not happy, but not everybody that's unhappy in marriage is in a painful marriage. So we're not talking about people that are just bored. We're not talking about, I think the word that people use is there's no more spark in the marriage. So if you are in a marriage where you just feel like it's the marriage has lost its back and you know you're not as crazy quote unquote for your spouse like you used to be or the marriage has become boring that's not the kind of marriage we're talking about here we're talking about women who their marriage has become their great greatest source of pain essentially they wake up in the morning thinking about how to improve their marriage. They go to bed at night thinking about how their marriage could get better. Like 
improving their marriage has become their predominant thought. It's affecting the quality of their lives. So we're talking very serious issues here. Um, I just want to speak to such women today for them to know that they're not alone. Believe it or not, there are people who have experienced the same or worse. And those people who have survived, women like you who have survived same or worse circumstances in marriage, and they've not only survived, they have actually thrived. So it is easy to feel alone when you're in a painful marriage, but know that someone has gone through similar circumstances and they've triumphed. All right, so let us dig into the Word of God. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 to 5 um, and the very first verse verse 1 it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth before I proceed let me just know that I'm going to be sharing five points five points okay not more than five but five powerful points to let you know that there is hope even in the midst of a painful marriage there is hope for you your life is not useless okay there is yet hope for you so the very first point that i'm going to be sharing is that god is the god of order but he doesn't abandon us in the face of chaos god does not abandon us in the face of chaos sometimes we feel so much disappointment that we the enemy tries to convince us that god is done with us but that is a lie from the pit of hell in that verse 1 of Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And in verse 2, it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It's kind of weird that in verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then in verse 2, it talks about how the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of, of the deep. Now, it was the heaven and the earth that got created, but something went wrong with the earth. It never says that um, the heaven was without form and void. It was the earth that was without form and void. Did God create the earth to be without form and void? Most likely not. Okay, so God was presented with a challenge here. But even in the midst of that emptiness, which is the void, that the, that the, the challenge that the earth had, that it was without form and void and it was empty and there was darkness upon the face of the deep he says the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters what is the spirit of god doing in such a situation that looked hopeless yeah that's something to think about so he says the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters so in the midst of this chaos that was going on on her the presence of god was still there so that's why i say god is the God of order, but in the face of chaos, when there is no order, when everything is as bad as it could possibly be, or we think it is, God does not abandon us in the face of that chaos. I will quickly move to the second point. The second point is that we have to take action. It is easy for us to sit and cry and moan and have a pity party and feel very sorry for ourselves. Speak to other people, speak to friends, speak to anyone that is going to hear us. I, and 
you know, I'm preaching to myself here. Sometimes it's a lot easier to complain to people than it is to take action and make a change in your own life. So the second point is saying you have to take action. Not your friends, not your mom, not your dad, not your brother or sister, not even God. You have to take action. Yeah, that's another lie that we fall for. We just sit there and we say things like, well, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God to fix my marriage. I'm waiting on God to fix my husband. I'm waiting on God to just turn my life around. Uh, God is waiting on you to take action. Okay. So we have to, how do we take action? We have to speak over our circumstances. We have to speak over our circumstances. And we see that in verse three of that Genesis one, it says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be light. And there was light. The most interesting part of that verse to me is the very beginning where it says, and God said, and God said, that's powerful. And God said, what are you going to say about your challenge today? What are you going to say over your circumstances? What are you going to, are you going to speak Holy Spirit inspired words over your circumstances so you can see changes? Or are you going to complain about it? Or are you going to cry about it? Or are you going to worry about it? Or are you going to go complain to your pastor's wife about it? Or are you going to pick up the phone and complain to your friend about it? Are you going to go to your mommy <laughs> and complain about it? You know, are you going to go to the neighbor and complain about it? Or are you going to take a stand and take action and speak the word of God over your circumstances? So there are many options of who you could be speaking to or what you could be speaking. But the only option that has the potential to bring about a change is speaking the word of God over your circumstances. So that is what I mean by you have to take action. And that action is to speak. So long as God was quiet, nothing was happening. The earth was still without form and void. There was still darkness upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters. Like I said earlier, even in the midst of these difficult circumstances, the Spirit of God is still with you. But just having the presence of God by itself doesn't bring the change in your circumstances. You have to take action. You have to speak. And some of you might be thinking, Ola, well, if God is there, why isn't he doing something about my circumstances? Why isn't he just turning everything around and changing everything? Because you have a responsibility. That is why. Because God has given you the authority to speak over your own circumstances. The Bible says we're created in the image of God. Yes, you are created in the image of God. You're created in his image. So when you think of things that you should do or you can do, look at what God does. So God had to speak in verse 3 and say, let there be light. And there was light. What are you going to speak today? Because if God in all of his power and awesomeness couldn't change things until he spoke a word, then it means you are not going to change anything if your mouth is shut or if your mouth is open, but you're speaking the wrong things or you're speaking to the wrong people. Speak 
over your circumstances. Speak the kind of changes that you want to see over your circumstances. All right, I'll leave that at that and move on to third point. Third point is in the midst of the chaos, you need light. You need light. And what kind of light am I talking about? You need the light of God's word. So before God could do anything about this chaos that was upon the earth, he had to have light. And the very thing he created was light. He said, let there be light. That seemed to be very, very important. Like before he had to do anything else, there had to be light. So you need the light of God's word. You need to seek the light of God's word over over your situation. I know it is much easier to go to your pastor or to go to your pastor's wife or whoever and um, seek some direction. And I'm not trying to bash that. I'm not saying it's wrong to approach your spiritual leaders for godly counsel. But there are things that they cannot do for you. God isn't going to speak to some other person about your marriage unless that person is the person you're married to. God is going to speak to you about your marriage. God is going to speak to you about your life. Okay, I'm going to say something now that some people might feel offended. But like I say, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just trying to say the truth. As women, we have to stop being lazy when it comes to the things of God. We have to do the work. We have to do the praying. We have to do the Bible study. We have to search God's word for ourselves. There is no amount of going from one place to the other, from one prayer meeting to the other, from one women's conference to the other, from one marriage conference to the other. All those things are helpful, but there isn't enough of that that you can do to take the place of you seeking God's word over your own situation, over your own life. So when you go to God and you're like, God, I need a word from you. That's all you need. That is all that you need. I need a word from you. I'm coming to you right now to seek light in your word over my situation. For as long as it takes, sisters, for as long as it takes. Because some of us, we just want to approach God and be like, God, I need a word You've got 30 minutes, okay? 30 minutes before my favorite TV show comes on. So if you have something to speak to me right now, please speak it because I just don't have time. I know we don't say those exact words in prayer, but that's the kind of attitude that (laughs) most people have. We don't have the patience to to wait in God's presence for his word. It's just easier to go meet a pastor or to go watch some marriage conference video on social media then sit in God's presence and be quiet and be still and wait to hear what he has to say to us. Okay, I'm going to leave that and move on to the next point, point number four, which is do not waste your pain. Do not waste your pain. And what do I mean by that? You've gone through so much in marriage. You've had this very bad pain points in your marriage and you feel the the enemies beginning to tell you that your life is a waste all the dreams that you had are going to go to the trash can because something went terribly wrong with your marriage 
And then we believe that, you know, there's no, there's no joy with which to live the rest of our lives. It's a really painful place to be in. So the very first episode, I shared my story. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that first episode, I highly, highly recommend that you do listen to it. I share my story there of pain and despair and hopelessness in marriage to the point where I was deeply depressed and suicidal. This number four point that says, do not waste your pain. What it's saying there is no matter what you've been through in marriage, there is still some beauty that can come out of that. God wants to use your pain for his glory. Now, did God cause you the pain? No. Was it a part of God's perfect plan that you should have this pain in your marriage? No. But then it's happened, it's happened, okay? But what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn to your advantage. God wants to use it for good. So if you go back to that text in Genesis 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, And God saw the light, and it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Okay, I'll stop right there. Now, if there was darkness upon the face of the deep, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and the light was good, why did God still have to keep the darkness? Why didn't God just delete the darkness? Right? God is all-powerful. He needed light, and the light appeared. Why didn't God just say, darkness, be gone, disappear, like you never even happened? Like, God could have said that, right? Like, darkness just disappear and let there be light like there was never any darkness. No, God didn't delete the darkness. He could have just pressed the delete button on his keyboard and the darkness would be gone. But God didn't do that because there is still a use for that darkness. All God did was separate the, the you know, separate it from the light. But he still kind of kept the darkness around because he has a use for it. He says in verse 5 that he called the light day and the darkness he called night. So God named the darkness. God did not pretend like the darkness did not exist. He actually gave it a name. He acknowledged that darkness. So also, we have to name our darkness. Ignoring it, pretending it's not there, isn't going to help us. It's not going to move us forward. So whatever has happened to you in life, I think we can go broader now, not just in marriage. Whatever has happened to you in life, you have to name it. You cannot keep running away from it. You cannot keep ignoring it like it never happened. If you've been abused... You need to acknowledge the fact that you've been abused. If you've been raped at some point in your life, you need to acknowledge the fact that you've been raped. If you've been molested, whatever it is that you've gone through, whatever darkness that you've gone through in your life, if you've been betrayed, you need to name it. You need to name it. Like God named the darkness night, you need to acknowledge and name it. For you to move forward. It is in acknowledging our pain. Rather than ignoring it. That we find healing. It's the first step to healing. Acknowledging the pain. That you've experienced. Acknowledging the darkness. That's been a part of your life. No matter how much you try to progress. No matter how far you try to run. No matter what you try to accomplish in life. Until you come to terms. With that 
dark cloud hanging over your head, there's only so much you can do. There is only so far that you can run. So do not delete the darkness. God has a use for it. God wants to be glorified through your story. And as hard as it could be to to believe that, know that it's nothing but the truth. God wants to use your pain for his glory. And you might be thinking, well, what's in it for me? Well, aside from the fact that your life would be your glory, because when your life glorifies God, then it means that your life would be your glory. It would be a glorious one as well. You will find healing. That's what's in it for you. You're going to find healing. So instead of pretending, instead of trying to keep up a brave face, like you haven't been through anything and some of us have been through just terrible terrible things but we we are so scared to acknowledge it okay i'll quickly share this when i was going through a really tough time in my marriage like those days that i was so depressed and suicidal you know before that i used to enjoy keeping a diary i used to enjoy journaling right but at that point in time i i deliberately stopped writing now writing is a gift that i know that i have and it's something i enjoy doing but i stopped writing because i was like i don't want this to be part of my story i don't want to ever remember this happened to me i just want to put it behind me i never 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 want to remember this and that was a mistake that i made because i guess i was just scared I felt like if I wrote at that point in time, that period of my life, if I kept on writing, I would write what was happening in my life and it would kind of make it real. I would be first to acknowledge what was happening to me. And I didn't want that. I just wanted, I wanted to delete the darkness, right? <laughs> um, but that did not help. It just meant that I repressed all these things that, that I was going through. And one day it came to the surface it's like when you have a clogged toilet and you don't deal with it, right? It's a plumbing issue. You don't deal with it. Well, one day, the whole of that SHIT is just going to explode in your face. <laughs> okay, that sounded really terrible, but I couldn't think of a better anal analogy or at least that's what came to my mind. So the shit is going to explode in your face. So you need to deal with it. You need to acknowledge it. That's the first step in moving forward. Acknowledge that you have this darkness. All right, enough said about that. I'll move on to number five. Number five, your best days are, are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. And I know that sounds like a cliche, right? That sounds like something that you plug into the end of an advertisement or some motivational talk. But there is truth in it. Your best days are ahead of you. You're thinking, well, Ola, you don't know what I've been through. If you know what I've been through, you would know that my best days are behind me. But God is saying your best days are actually ahead of you, no matter what you've been through. In verse 5 of that Genesis 1, it says, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first days day so you're thinking all right so what's so special about that well look at the 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 second part of that verse it says and the evening and the morning were the first day so in describing the first day he first mentions the evening and then he mentions the morning well that's not how we typically describe the day is it we typically describe the day as 
the morning and then the evening. That's the normal order of day. In most cultures, at least, it's usually the morning and then you have the evening. But here, God is describing the first day. And then in God's order, it mentions the evening first before the morning. So God counts days differently than we do. In God's view, a day starts in the evening. So the brighter part of the day isn't behind you. It is actually ahead of you. Praise God. Someone is going to get this. I'll repeat that again. A day starts in the evening. So the brighter part of the day isn't behind you, but ahead of you. So yes, your best days are ahead of you. It doesn't matter how dark it has been in the past, but brighter days are ahead of you. When God was counting the first day, it didn't start from when the light appeared. It started from when the darkness was present. My sister, brighter days are ahead of you. So in conclusion, whatever you've been through in life, we could liken that to a life that's without form and void just like the earth was. A life that's desolate and broken, covered in darkness, but it still has potential for light. Your life still has potential for light. Only if you call for that light, you have to call for that light. No one can do it for you, unfortunately. You have to get up and call for that light. I'm hammering a whole lot about marriage. Actually, I take that back. I'm hammering a whole lot about life and not so much about marriage. And you might be wondering, well, isn't this podcast about marriage? Yes, this podcast is about marriage. But it's a life that, it's um, two lives that make up a marriage. Let me just put it that way. So I'm talking so much about your life and not so much about your marriage. Because a person whose life is desolate cannot build a marriage that is thriving. I'll repeat that. A person whose life is desolate and broken and empty cannot build a marriage that is thriving. It doesn't matter how many meetings you go to, how many prayer meetings you join, how many marriage conferences you go to. If you do not deal with the darkness, with the emptiness in that life, you cannot build a marriage that is thriving. So I'll quickly run through the five points again. It is that God is the God of order, but he doesn't abandon us in the face of chaos. Number two, you have to take action. Speak Holy Spirit-inspired words over your circumstances. Number three, in the midst of chaos, you need light. Number four, do not waste your pain. Number five, your best days are ahead of you. And I'm just going to say a short prayer over everyone listening to this episode. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for this powerful word that you brought our way today. Thank you because you are helping us to understand that you will not abandon us in the face of chaos, that you're still present with us, that you're still interested in our lives, that you're not done with us. And we thank you for the hope that you brought our way today, helping us know that our best and brighter days are ahead of us. Thank you for bringing us this message today, Lord. And Lord, I pray that as many as are listening to me right now, probably in tears, probably crying because that darkness that they have hidden for so long is starting to come to the surface and they are having to deal with it. Lord, I pray that the strength that they need be made available to them in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that healing, whatever we need to do for the healing to begin in our lives, Father, let it be known unto us in the mighty name of Jesus. 
Lord, help us to embrace that darkness. Help us to acknowledge it. Help us to name it so that the complete work of healing can be done in us and we can move forward into the glorious days ahead of us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. And that brings us to the end of this wonderful episode. It's been nice hanging out with you. If you're new here, so if you go to Facebook and just search for the group called When Marriage Hurts, it's kind of like a sisterhood community, right? Just for ladies. Um, I encourage you to be a part of that. That's where you can hang out with me on social media. So until I come your way with the very next episode, take care and God bless. Has this podcast blessed you? If yes, please head over to Apple Podcasts, When Marriage Hurts, and leave a written review for the show. It would be such a blessing to me to know that this show has impacted you in some ways. Also, share this podcast with a friend. Let's spread the word. Lastly, if you would like to be a part of a community of like-minded women of faith who are on a journey to living the best life God has for them despite their marriage challenges, join our Facebook group, When Marriage Hurts. Until next time, remember the words of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest.